Hey everybody, Justin here, and a happy Easter Sunday to you. Uh, your eyes and ears do not deceive you. No, there is no show this week, but as always, we do not want to leave you guys hanging. So, we're going to do another one of our Patreon previews, and this one actually ties into something that we're going to be doing in just two weeks from now. This was a show that we dropped uh, just a couple weeks ago, actually, on April 1st. In fact, uh, we deliberately did this because... You know, April Fool's Day, wanted to take advantage of something like this, and it may very well be the only time we get to take advantage of the calendar this way. But it's in this show that you actually get to hear a little bit about our charity episode and what it is we're going to be raising money for once we get to the quote-unquote punchline. So listen to that. I'll see you in 12 minutes, and we're also going to discuss how we're going to wrap up Season 4. Enjoy! Telehell presents... premium content of the damned. Just because I review bad TV shows down here doesn't mean that I hate all of television. Back when I was alive, if there was any one thing that I was a fan of, it's the classics. Partly because the current primetime landscape is virtually unknown to me, save for maybe a few reports that I read through trade publications. So, back in the day, whenever I needed a breather, I turned to TV classics the same way that a bibliophile turns to the works of Shakespeare. I especially used to enjoy the up-and-coming digital channels that the TV networks have that play classics 24-7. You know, places like MeTV, Cozy TV, Decades, Laugh, Heroes and Icons, and that's just to name a few. What's more, as much as I enjoy classic TV, I'm especially a big fan of classic advertising. This was back in the day when all you had to do was either show a product, or show a product with a catchy slogan, or do the same thing with a catchy jingle, or something seemingly mundane by today's standards that will have convinced people to buy the product anyway. You don't see advertising like that anymore, partly because we live in a much more stylized society, and also I think Steve Jobs had something to do with it. But I digress. I was recently going through a YouTube binge of some of these classic commercials when I came across something I thought I had buried in my subconscious for years, and I'd like to share that one with you right now. Sing along if you know the words. The world looks mighty good to me Cause Tootsie Rolls are all I see Whatever it is I think I see Becomes a Tootsie Roll to me Tootsie Roll, how I want you chocolatey When you're a kid and you watch this commercial, you think, cool, a commercial for candy. And even when you get older and watch it again, you think, wow, what a nostalgia grenade. Unfortunately, given the age that we live in, aka the YouTube generation, more often than not, you'll come across some inevitable cynicism. And on rare occasions, you'll even find that kind of cynicism that makes you want to say, wait a minute, I never thought of it this way before. Upon looking at the comments for this video, and a bunch of other versions of it, I noticed that some people made the observation of just how ridiculous it would be if the point of view of the average man, woman, or child would be nothing but Tootsie Rolls as far as the eye could see. But then, I actually listened to the lyrics of the jingle again, and I slowly began to realize that this wasn't just a commercial for candy, it was a subliminal PSA for possibly having mental defects. 
or so the cynics would have me believe. Don't believe me, or them? Let's break down the lyrics and the visuals line by line. The world looks mighty good to me, cause rolls are all I see. And right at the beginning, it's a declaration that all you're seeing in your immediate surroundings are suddenly transforming into Tootsie Rolls. Off the bat, we see that the trees and roofs of random houses have gone through the sudden transformation, therefore marking a dark day for the lumber and masonry industry. Forgot to mention that chimneys were replaced as well. Whatever it is I think I see becomes a tootsie roll to me. At this point in the proceedings, a speeding train and a sky-riding plane make the transformation, confounding and baffling various mission control centers at the FAA and NTSB who can only assume that the passengers got out safely from their respective vehicles by eating their way out. Tootsie roll, how I want your chocolate. We now see that a white whale has taken the shape of a Tootsie Roll and is still able to squirt out of its blowhole. Clearly, whoever's envisioning this is now pretending to play God or has a God complex that's clearly trying to get out and wage a vengeful wrath in retaliation for being picked on as a kid for his or her lunch money. Tootsie Roll, I think I'm in love with you. Okay, this line and the previous line exhibits a certain kind of lustfulness that's reserved for people who suffer from objectophilia. Oh yeah, that's a real thing. A particular note, there's this kid of unspecific gender with crazy hair on the beach that's eating a Tootsie Roll, and all the while his or her leg is up in the air as he or she is biting into it. Who acts like that when they eat something? Aside from this person, of course. Yes! I'll have what she's having. As the line is being said, a girl hits a baseball bat with a bat that then transforms into, you guessed it, another Tootsie Roll. And if that girl is in love with Tootsie Roll as she's using it to swing at a ball, it might as well be the same as saying, I am not going to be ignored, Tootsie Roll. Or so I would assume. Whatever it is I think I see becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. As the commercial ends, the ball that the girl hits whizzes by and countless other items are being transformed into chocolate-flavored Lincoln Logs. Okay, that may be a little too cruel because they've always tasted good, even the seldom advertised fruit-flavored ones, but when you get a hard one that almost breaks your teeth, you kind of have to wonder if Frank Lloyd Wright's son made that batch of candy instead. We then cut to a shot of the Tootsie Roll in its natural habitat and end on a rather condescending slogan. It's spelt um instead of yum. Um, it's from Tootsie Roll. If you're old enough to remember the movie slash song Valley Girl, try to picture that same slogan being said with Moon Unit Zappa's voice and the illusion will be complete. I know, it's like, I do not talk funny, I'm sure. So after all of that, where does this classic commercial for Tootsie Roll unwrap itself in telehell? We'll see how many licks it takes to get to the nine circles. Limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, wrath, heresy, violence, fraud, treachery. Does the Tootsie Roll commercial double as a PSA for mental illness? 
I highly doubt that's what the intention was of both the jingle writers and the animators of the ad, and like some rational people do, I'm probably reading way too much into this. But considering just how cynical people can get these days whenever they feel the urge to take down something seemingly innocuous as an innocent TV commercial, it kind of makes you wonder what other hidden messages were there in commercials. Was Where's the Beef meant to be sexual innuendo? Is the Maxwell House perking coffee kettle meant to be Morse code? Is Don't Hate Me Because I'm Beautiful a form of reverse psychology? Who knows? Advertising is probably one of the more invasive branches of media. One way or another, the message will get out there. The question is really more how the message is going to be interpreted. If everything, and I do mean everything that you see in your point of view looks like a certain piece of candy, either you need to consider getting an MRI or the advertising works a lot better than one could hope. And now that we've said all that, I'm going to ask the few people who are listening to this show right now on our Patreon to do something for me. And that is to take a really good and up-close look at the upper left corner of the entry slightly below the episode's thumbnail. Say out loud what the date of this mini-show's publication is. I'll wait. April Fool's. <laughs> the whole thing was April Fool? April is the April, April 1st oh, is the air date? Oh, my God. You go. <laughs> yeah, sorry to do this to you, but this may get to be the one and only time that I will ever, air quotes, induct something in telehell without actually ringing any of our bells and be able to get away with it. Yes, these past few minutes, you thought we were going to talk about the negative side of a seemingly innocent commercial that may or may not have had a hidden subtext. Unfortunately, we're not that clever. The Tootsie Roll commercial is perfectly harmless. There's nothing sinister about it, nor is it a PSA for mental health. And we do apologize if that angle was a bad angle to go with. But now that we have your attention, we want to let those who are listening to this mini-show right now know about something important that we're going to do one month from now that actually ties in to what we just talked about. Last year, we did our first ever charity episode, where thanks to people simply clicking on the play button or downloading the show in question, we would donate $1 per click to a worthy charity. Last year, that charity was the Red Door Community for Cancer Outreach, formerly known as Gilda's Club. Between the downloads that the show got for a two-week period, plus a few eBay auctions that we did on the side, we managed to raise over $200 for the New York City branch of the Red Door community. Now, as a sneak preview, we're going to tell you about the cause that we're going to be raising money for when we drop this year's charity episode on our free feed, May 1st, 2022. This year's recipient is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI, or... NAMI for short. NAMI envisions a world where all people affected by mental illness live healthy, fulfilling lives supported by a community that cares. They do this by providing advocacy, education, support, and public awareness so that all individuals and families affected by mental illness can build better lives. What started as a group of families gathered around a kitchen table in 1979 has turned into the nation's leading voice on mental health. 
Today, they're an alliance of more than 600 local affiliates and 48 state organizations who work in your community to raise awareness and provide support and education that was not previously available to those in need. And they're committed to a non-discriminatory approach and to provide equal opportunity for employment, participation, and advancement in all programs and work sites. So now, you're hearing it first that on May 1st, 2022, the episode that we drop, which, by the way, may not have anything to do with a charity, it's just by happenstance that we're going to be covering a certain subject that particular week, any downloads that this episode will get between May 1st and May 15th will raise $1 for the New York State chapter of NAMI, up to a maximum of $300. Also, stay tuned to find out how some eBay auctions we'll be doing will help raise things a little bit more. And yes, we'll even reveal the name of the show that we're going to be reviewing that week. But once again, that's going to be our episode one month from now on our free feed, May 1st. One other note, because this will be for charity, and also because we don't really want to cut into ourselves, so to speak, we're going to be dropping that episode simultaneously both here on our Patreon and on our free feed. Again... The charity episode is going to be happening May 1st for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Other than that, sorry for wasting your time this time, and we promise we'll do something a little more conventional on the next one. Mind rolling the credits, please? Thanks. Well, we can't just roll the credits just yet because there's some things that we need to discuss. Uh, The biggest thing you just heard is that this year's charity show is going to benefit the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI, or NAMI for short. And I kind of feel a little skittish saying that because it kind of sounds like, uh, well, the words Al Jolson come to mind, but... It's NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So uh, that's going to be our uh, charity episode when we drop it on May 1st. And we will tell you about our subject for May 1st in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about the shows that we are going to be putting on to help wrap up Season 4. Starting next week, we are going to be back with a new episode. And this is uh, yet another one of those shows that wind up on TV Guide's list of the 50 worst TV shows of all time. And this one is actually kind of low on the list. So it's another one of those cases where we question its validity on the list. It was one of Gary Marshall's first sitcoms that he penned by himself. I mean, he, he, he did stuff well before this just as a writer, but this is the first show that he co-created, and we'll also talk about that other co-creator in the episode. It is 1972's Me and the Chimp, starring Ted Bessel of That Girl. Remember That Girl, kids? Uh, (laughs) Ted Bessel and a monkey, and even though it may sound pretty innocuous, there is some backstory behind this, and that's worth talking about, too. So that's April 24th. Coming up on May 15th, we will get to that charity episode, I promise. I'm going to save that for last. Uh, But May 15th, we're going to be taking a look at one of those TV shows that actually turned out to be an adaptation of a popular movie of its time. And uh, quite honestly, I'm amazed that this was even a thing because... Look, I'll be honest, I did not see the source material, but I am going to be watching it sometime soon just so I can get myself prepared for this. I just know that movie-to-TV adaptations are a very tricky thing, as was the case in 1990's Uncle Buck, the John Candy movie of the same name. It was a TV show very briefly in 1990, and the person they got to play Uncle Buck was anything but John Candy. 
but he was a very talented guy, and we'll talk a little bit more about him on May 15th. As we move on now to May 29th, or possibly the week after, because we did make a big deal about how we didn't want to schedule shows on a holiday, and technically the Sunday of that week, rather, of May 29th, is uh, Memorial Day weekend, but Memorial Day is on a Monday, and, you know, we Look, just because hell is the thing on our show doesn't mean that we adhere to hell in real life. I kind of want to have fun on that weekend. So it may be this particular weekend of the 29th. It may be the week after that. I'm not 100% sure on this. But the show after Uncle Buck is going to be a list of bad or weird or dumb animated adaptations of primetime TV shows. It's going to be another one of our list shows little unsure of uh, how many we're going to be talking about in this one, but uh, there are a number of them, and I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that we get a special expert authority on one of the selections, and hopefully we get that taken care of very soon. The show after that, and this is a definite date, uh, June 12th, it's part one of our season finale, and for our season finale, we're going to be talking about two things with a common theme to it, and that common theme is 1983's NBC Be There season, and that is infamous for being the season where every single new show that they premiered that year wound up getting canceled. And we already covered one of those shows already two years ago with uh, We Got It Made. Uh, we are now going to be taking a look at... Another sitcom from that particular season, Jennifer Slept Here. And I've heard many things about this show. In it, it may be one of those shows where a lot of people liked it, but it just couldn't find an audience. I may be wrong. Hopefully I'm right about a couple things. But from what I understand, it's just like sitcom cliche after sitcom cliche. So that's going to be on June 12th. And then finally... For our Season 4 finale on June 26th, we're going to be taking a look at probably the most infamously expensive, or at least, there's a lot of infamy behind this show. There's there's a lot of infamy behind all the shows that we cover around here, but in particular, I've been wanting to take a look at this one for some time. We're going to take a look at Manimal for our Season Finale. Manimal. For those unfamiliar, this is the tale of, uh, I guess you could say, uh, a wealthy playboy who has the uncanny ability to turn into whatever animals that he wishes to turn into, not only for the convenience of the plot, but also whatever the effects budget was at that time. And, uh, oh yeah, this is going to be a treat. Uh, so Manimal is going to be our season finale. And now to circle back to our charity episode on May 1st, which, again, we are raising money for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I should point out that this subject has absolutely nothing to do with the charity. It's just by happenstance and coincidence that it just happens to be scheduled for May 1st. And it is actually going to be, uh, well, we mentioned May 15th as uh, Uncle Buck, an adaptation of a uh, movie for a TV show. May 1st is going to be another adaptation of a movie for a TV show. And incidentally, it, the source material is made by the same guy who did Uncle Buck. Ladies and gentlemen, May 1st, our charity episode is going to be the 1990 Ferris Bueller sitcom. I just sat through this and recorded this episode a few days ago. And quite honestly, it's amazing that my throat didn't go completely hoarse. That's how angry I was at this show. 
the only consolations I can give it is that I believe this was Jennifer Aniston's first major TV role. I, I, I know there was a, like another sitcom she did in 1990, but I think this was like the first one where, you know, it, it could be the second one. I don't know, but it, it was like a very prominent early role for her. But that's the only good thing I can think of about this. And you'll hear the other things that I thought about this on May 1st as we once again. And here's how the charity shows work again, by the way. Uh, we will match $1 for every download that that episode will get between May 1st and May 15th, up to a maximum of $300. We're also going to do some eBay auctions, and uh, I want you to pay careful attention because this is the place where we do our eBay auctions. The username is Everything Must Go 8414 and that's all one word, by the way. Everything must go 8414. We're going to put up some items that we've had lying around for a little while now, and uh, some of them include DVDs of the shows that we have been covering this season. And that would include things like A Very Brady Christmas. That would include the uh, Goddess of Love TV movie with Vanna White. That would include the final season of Dallas for our uh, It's a Wonderful Life homage that we did back in December. And that's just some of the things that we are going to have up for bids. 100% of all non-shipping profits are going to benefit. And by the way, uh, the main charity itself is also going to benefit not just NAMI, but uh, their New York City chapter. And if you want to donate directly now to NAMI or NAMI's uh, New York City chapter, uh, very quickly, their website is Metro. Org. And again, that's all one word, no hyphen. It's N-A-M-I-N-Y-C Metro.org. So to recap, next week, we're going to be doing Me and the Chimp from 1972. May 1st, our charity episode is the 1990 Ferris Bueller sitcom. May 15th is going to be the sitcom version of Uncle Buck. Memorial Day or possibly the week after that will be a list of bad-slash-dumb-slash-weird animated adaptations of primetime shows. June 12th is going to be Jennifer Slept Here, and we wrap up Season 4 with Manimal on June 26th. That's all we have for today. Have a very good Easter, or whatever it is you celebrate. Maybe Passover, I or Voodoo Day, or something that happens in April. I don't know. And we will see you next week. <laughs>